This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. This is not a regular player. This is not a pretty good quarterback. This is an all-time great. Is he? A strange bird off the field? He's a little nuts, I think. Okay? That's his deal. Is he really weird? Yeah. You don't have to hang out with him. You just have to put on your Jet jersey, go to the stadium, and watch him do his thing, which is move the Jets down the field and into the end zone, which is something you have not had in years. Subscribe to the Mike Francesa podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Mike Missanelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to another Mike Missanelli Podcast reaction cast. And uh, unfortunately, this will be our last one of the season because the Philadelphia 76ers got drubbed in a Game 7 by the Boston Celtics. I I don't even want to put the final score out there. I I don't even... It's embarrassing for me to say the final score at this point, so... Let, let's get a couple things out of the way. I know how you're all feeling. I know we're all feeling angry, disappointed, embarrassed, anguished, astonished, all those things. Uh, we don't know where the Sixers go from here. I get it. So let's let's just, first of all, Jason Tatum put on an all-world performance. All right? Listen, that, that's the whole thing about this game. He put on an all-world performance. 51 points is special. Nobody could guard him. It didn't matter what the Sixers did. Tobias Harris in game six guarded him a little bit and, and shut him down a little bit. And then he he got unleashed late in the game, and that carried over to this game. There was nothing the Sixers could do. Um, they really were reluctant to double-team him because when you got four other guys on, on the floor that can shoot threes, you're reluctant to double-team. You want to stay close. You want to see them get out and uh, with a barrage of threes. So it was a special performance by Jason Tatum. It's, it's a legendary performance. It's one of those performances that you remember. He carried his team to a Game 7 victory at home with 51. All right? Let me just get that out of the way. Now let's get to the nuts and bolts. James Harden and Joel Embiid failed to compete today. It's just as simple as that. When these two guys, your star players, Combined for 24 points, Harden with nine, three for 11 with five turnovers. He got eaten alive on defense by, by Jalen Brown. I was pathetic that this guy is, is an all-pro player, and I think you saw the, the dying end of uh, some Class D batteries right there with James Harden, and we'll get to that a little later. Um, and Bede, <laughs> listen, um, I've been I've been just leading the charge for him to be MVP this season. I think he had a special year. But in a game seven, when you don't come to compete, 
when you're supposedly the best player on the floor and the MVP of the league, and you don't look like you're grinding enough to help your team get over the hump, you got to take the heat. It is an epic failure for Joel Embiid tonight in this game. Harden, I can live with. He's dying batteries. Embiid, after talking all year about he's the best player in the league, he's the MVP, all this, you needed him to carry you home. And for some reason, he did not put the energy into what he does most effective in this in, in, the, in these games, which is get to the nail, make a medium-range jump shot because they're not going to let you do anything else. If you put the ball on the floor, they're going to strip you. And the other alternative is this is a game where we needed your low post game. All right? I know you don't like to do it on a lot of possessions. I know you like to save energy. You need to get your ass down low and pick up some fouls and go to the foul line to overcome the fact that they were stopping you from doing anything else. They weren't stopping you from shooting a nail jumper. And most of the time he was hesitant when he got the ball. Instead of, you know, the pick and roll was being stopped. I get it. Mainly being stopped because Harden didn't have the juice to get it to the basket. But still, if it's being stopped, he's got the foul line jumper. And for some reason, he didn't work to get that, nor Harden didn't work to get it, nor did the head coach, Doc Rivers, emphasize it. So that's what we're left with with Joel Embiid. Now, here's what I thought coming into this game. I thought they had a chance today. I thought they had a legitimate chance based on two things. I felt the Celtics were a very flimsy and unreliable team. They had showed that whole profile through this entire playoffs. Their stars would disappear at times, and that's where you needed to take advantage of it. Well, tonight, Jason Tatum was not going to be stopped, so they weren't a flimsy duo, okay? But I also thought that Harden was on the third day train ride. He had a great game in game one. He had a great game in game four. Here comes game seven with an extra day rest, and I thought he would play. He did not play listen folks there's a difference uh there's a different heartbeat i should say to a competitor uh, a competitor can't wait for the moment can't wait to be a killer can't wait to recognize the moment to be a killer uh and that moment was today for joel Embiid and james harden and they flat out didn't compete and that's going to be the lingering effect of this we have gone through, through so many lingering effects of failures of the sixers Against Atlanta, it was the Ben Simmons meltdown. And so here we have a game seven. Forget about squandering game six, okay? That was done. That moment was done. You still had another chance against the team that had showed not to be consistent. And your two most important players did not compete. Uh, I, I really don't know what to say. The, the Sixers turned out to be a shell of a championship team. Just when you thought that things would be different, that they showed a different profile, they turned out to be a shell. And now you got to retool what this whole Sixer thing is. And more on that in a moment. Um, Let's look at the game. And let's look at two moments that a championship team does not allow to happen. And you notice the game turned around when Harden, Got the flagrant foul where he had to push uh, Jalen Brown in the face, actually punch him with his, his right forearm, a, a silly-ass thing to do. 
and, and see, that didn't result in points. And then you got the you got the other thing where idiot like they were up 36 25 at that point so that was a real yeah, I, I got you hold on a second all right all right so now then you got the other thing harden gets the the foolish flagrant foul boston goes on a 10-0 run and then you get the george niang thing now both of these things don't give you direct points but what they do is they stir up the hornet's nest like jalen brown who has started with the mask took it off and then gets bopped in the face again. And it's cotton in his nose to stop a nosebleed. And, and his teammates are looking at that. And the crowd's looking at that. What do you think that does to the Celtics? That, that's an amateurish move by Harden. And then you got a YMCA move by that George Yang. And if I don't see him one more minute, that would be too soon. All right? I, I, that guy's got to get out of my life. All right. So all this foolishness that happens energizes the Celtics and they turned into killers after those two things. It's really simple as that championship teams don't do that kind of thing. So let's go through the flow of this game here. Sixers are holding their own early through the generosity of none other than PJ Tucker who makes three threes from the corner. And I'm going, oh, my God, I hope to God they're not on borrowed time. If this is the guy that's got to carry you offensively in the first half of the game, you could be in trouble. And then the third quarter comes with Boston have a three-point lead at halftime. It's only a three-point lead at halftime. People are bailing out on the Sixers, three-point lead at halftime. I'm getting texted by my friends. It's over. Three-point lead at halftime, and then comes the third quarter. No team in a game seven especially with one that had best regular season record, the Sixers, should should lay down and get outscored 33-10 to 10 in an elimination game. 33-10 to 10 in the third quarter. And, and here's where I blame Doc Rivers, because I'm watching the game looking along with everybody else, and I'm going, James Harden does not want to play in this game. And as a coach, you got to have the balls to make a ballsy move and say, yes, guess what? i got to bench him. He's not doing me any good. He's killing me out there. I've got to bench him and, and cast my lot with Maxi running the point. I got to play Melton. I don't have anybody else I can play. But the one thing I can't do is play a guy who with my own eyes and with my own competitive mindset, Doc Rivers has coached a lot of years in this league, played a lot of years, knows who a competitor is. You're not telling me that he's looking at Harden and saying he doesn't want to compete in this game. And you got to then have the balls to change it up. And he didn't. Now, this is not Doc Rivers' fault. This total meltdown, Doc Rivers can't score a point for this team. All right? He just can't score a point for the Sixers in this game. Uh, but what he can do is try something. And he, and he tried nothing in this game. All right. Embiid's performance. And then we're going to look back at some key baskets and key moments where the Celtics went ahead. Uh, Embiid was 5 for 18. He had eight rebounds. He had one rebound at the half. That's one more than a dead man. One re one rebound at halftime for your seven foot center MVP of the league. Now, are you telling me he's engaged? He's got one rebound. He's not engaged in the game. It's a game seven. It's it's mind boggling when I see guys like Harden and Embiid. Like people would. Stars in this league would kill for that kind of moment. 
And they just kind of lollygagged their way through it. Now, he was confused when they sent a double team at him. It's game seven. They've been sending double teams at him all series long. What he knew there is you either quick pass out of a double team or you step into a medium-range jump shot, which he makes like clockwork. And he didn't respond at all. He didn't attack the basket. He didn't go on the low post. Every time he put the ball on the floor, which he tried to do a lot, he got picked. What are you What are you thinking? I, I just don't understand. I, I'm like out of my mind thinking that these pro players, as accomplished as they are, could not respond to the competitiveness of a game. All right, so let's go. Let's go back. I, I, I need to relive this here. And then I want to get into the post-game comments where Doc Rivers obviously did not want to throw his players under the bus. But, Doc, come on. I mean, seriously. You thought Harden made the right decisions? Come on. Your sisters were in made the right decisions. You can't tell a blatant lie to people and expect that they're going to believe it. You know, Doc Rivers got trapped many years ago What he said about Ben Simmons. He didn't want to get trapped again. Who knows what the situation is with Harden? That's going to be sorted out by the front office. I guess he didn't want to bury Harden, and he certainly couldn't bury Embiid, who just won the MVP. All right, so so let's let's go to the play-by-play. The Sixers are up twenty-nine to twenty in this game, right? Twenty-nine to twenty, they're up. Were they up twenty-nine to twenty in this game? What was that? Yeah, it sounds about right. And they, and they were up thirty-six to made, and Everything fell apart. But yes, CJ so. Tucker had three-three. He had eleven points at that point, with nine thirty-seven left in the second quarter. It's thirty-five to twenty-six, and then the flagrant foul on Harden. Rob Williams gets a dunk off of that, makes it thirty-five to thirty-one. Um. They get a steal. Jalen Brown gets a steal and a layup to make it 35-33. And then the double tech comes with Jalen Brown getting his leg grabbed by that oaf Niang. And instead of just running back down court, he turns around and says something. That gives Scott Foster uh, an opportunity to tech him. And then you look at the replay and they see why he did that. So Niang gets a double tech. It's like a bailout call by the officials, right? Mike, if but you again, got up at that point to get a cup of coffee and you sit back down, you think you're watching two different goddamn games at that point. Like, literally, the wheels, all four, fell the hell off at that during that, like, minute and a half stretch. Go ahead. All right. So somewhere in this, the Celtics tied at 35 when Robert Williams scores. And then Harden gets a runner. I'm going, okay. <laughs> all right, James, you got a runner. You got to the basket for the first time all day. And then Horford hits a three. 38-37. And then Maxi with a take to the basket. Puts the Sixers up. 39-38. Still hanging in there. Tatum down the other end. The take to the basket. Puts him up 40-39. to And then another take by Tatum. 42-39. Maxi another three. Ties it up. <laughs> and Harris it makes a layup. But... The Celtics, 55 to 52 at the half. Okay. I'm okay at this point. It's a three-point lead by the Celtics. I'm okay. I'm thinking, okay, the two stars for the Sixers have to have a third quarter. They'll score. They weathered the storm. Third quarter, they score. Third quarter, 
Step back, Tatum, bang, 62-55. Tatum another three, 65-55. Harden makes a three out of nowhere, making 65-58. Still hanging in there. And then cannons to the left of me, cannons to the right of me. Jalen Brown three, boom. 15-3 run by the Celtics, 70-58. Tatum three, 73-58. Brown three, 76-58. Brogdon three, 79-58. Tatum free throw. It's 80 to 58. It's a 25 to 3 Celtic run since there was a 55 tie. 33 to 7 that run extends to, and the Sixers stop competing. And the game's over in the third quarter. It's 88 to 62. The Celtics outscore them 33 to 10 in the third quarter. And you look at it and you go, how in the hell are the Sixers going to? actually score enough baskets to chase down that because they don't have any baskets on the floor. They don't have it. They can't bring anybody off the bench that's going to score. There's nobody in the game that's going to score. And so you had to sit through the agony of a fourth quarter. All right, let's get to the post-game stuff. Doc Rivers uh, actually said that – James came to play today. And I'm going, Doc, listen, there's a million things you could talk around this, but you can't say that James Harden came to play and uh, and that he made the right decisions. You can't say that. You can't insult Sixer fans that had just gone through the agony of that and say something like that. Uh, he obviously didn't want to criticize Embiid or Harden in the postgame press conference. I get that. He's a coach. You're probably not supposed to criticize your players openly in that kind of a forum. I I get it. But privately, I got to think he is muttering to his coaching staff. These SOBs don't want to play. These guys don't want to play. It's a game seven. They don't want to play. What do you want me to do? (laughs) So (laughs) he did admit that there was fatigue on our end. (laughs) There was fatigue on your end? (laughs) I can't. It's a game seven. There can't be fatigue on your end. You had three days between games. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get to James Harden. Um, after the game, he was asked what his relationship is with Doc. He did not exactly give a ringing endorsement. He said, it's okay. Now, that tells me it's not okay. Because what Doc Rivers did with Harden uh, this year was to not make him the Harden of old. He tried to change Harden to be a more playmaker, an orchestrator for Embiid. And for the most part, he did that because the guy led the league in assists. But somewhere along the line, you need to have a responsibility that if your game is going to change, then you also got to add something to your game. And what this guy didn't do all year was add a medium-range jump shot. And he didn't have it to go to. He has the, the, the yo-yo dribble, step back three. He has the, if I have the energy, I can pull my way to the basket. He in no way tried to learn anything different like a catch-and-shoot jumper or maneuver into a spot with the dribble and shooting a 17-footer. Didn't have it. And they could have used it in this game. So if Harden is pissed off that Doc Rivers made him change his game, it's appalling. Because he also had the responsibility. Once your game has changed and he develops something else in your game where you're an orchestrator, then you got to help out as well and learn the score 
a different way. I don't think that there's any way that James Harden can be a member of the Sixers next year. Now, this is where it gets problematic because he has a player option and his player options is about $36 million. There is nobody in this league that is going to pay him $36 million to leave the 76ers. So he just might take it. <laughs> so I'm not going to get $36 million elsewhere unless the Houston Rockets are looking for some older guy to give guidance to that young team and they're willing to give him a contract down there. That Why would he refuse a player option here in Philadelphia? So what are you going to do about that? Can you trade him? You, no. Well, he's the player option. So he's got to... Uh, he's got to opt in, and then I don't know if the league the, uh, rules then permit the Sixers to trade him at that point. Uh, so I don't know where he stands. Now, uh, let's look at the other the three free agents they have. Hold on, Mike. Can I bring one thing to your attention that he said tonight, too, to piss me off? Let me just ask you about this because he goes, mm-hmm. I want to get your opinion on this. He was asked about, you know, coming together in the series tonight, and he goes, well, you know, we're only together one year. So, so we're only you know one year together. He's no, so full of shit. I, I know oh, technically it's one oh, full year. But Harden that, said that. Yeah, Harden yeah. said that. That's yeah, Harden said it at the game. Listen, more than what, enough what you, time. What do you What do you expect a guy like James Harden is going to say? He He's not going to admit any fault after he's never admitted any fault. So after the game, he certainly wasn't going to admit any fault. We would love to sit here and have him say, you know what, I really let the team down today. I didn't really play well. Blah, blah, blah. He's in denial of all that. That's not James Harden. He's not going to admit any kind of a weakness. And, and so w- what he says, he says stuff they don't put people off. Well, he's, been only, he wanted, he's oblivious to his failures in this uh, in this series. Life goes on for a guy like James Harden. That's why, to me, you can't have him back on this team. I just don't know how they're going to rid themselves of him. So, so now let's go to the three free agents. Niang will not be back. And, and if, if he's back, I, I might pick it down there. I, I Really, he's an embarrassment. The fact that they have to use that guy, a non-athletic slug like that, as one of their main guys off the bench is appalling. He can't possibly be anywhere near a Sixer uniform next year. Shake Milton's a, restrict, a, a, a free agent, gone. We've had enough of the Shake Milton thing. Nobody believes in him. Uh, he never really got a chance by Doc. Doc didn't like him, but he's not going to come back. And then finally, Jalen McDaniels, who probably will be back at, at a cost-effective price because they traded for him. Otherwise, they get nothing out of the Stiebel thing. So at least he's a young guy that maybe could be a bench player. But uh, come on. <laughs> They're been, and the, uh, the Anthony Melton, listen, uh, I, I love his heart. He is so out of he it was so out of gas the second half of the year. He had nothing to give them. So he could be like an eighth man coming off the bench. Um uh here's the thing about Embiid. You know, I know people are going, you gotta get rid of him. You gotta mix this whole thing up. You 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 have nothing to gain by that. Okay. You're not gonna be able to make a monster trade to replace Joel Embiid. So you're going to have to live with Embiid and try to figure out something, a different way of building around him. He's not going anywhere unless he says, I've had enough. There are players around this league that say, I've had enough. They talked their way out of town. Is Embiid that type of guy? Well, there's that rat in Miami who will try to fill his head with, yo, man, come down here. But they got Bam out of bio. 
All right. So Jimmy's not going to turn on Bam to have Embiid there. So Embiid is going to be back. All right. Uh, where uh, uh, could they trade Tobias Harris because he makes $40 million? This is their only solution with Tobias Harris that somebody would take his contract just to know it's expiring to get that $40 million off their till. That could be a possibility. Because you're not going to get much back on that deal. You're just getting rid of Tobias to get rid of that contract. So you're going to get, you know, some, not a star player, certainly just an average player, maybe a bench player for Tobias Harris. Because the other team's going to get, you want me to take on $40 million? I'm supposed to give you one of my stars? That's not going to happen either. But I would doubt that Tobias Harris is back. So next year, unless they keep the whole band together, they keep Tobias, uh, the only solution they have if Harden does not stay, <laughs> I don't know why he wouldn't, is to make a run at Dame Lillard and try it one more time with this thing. They're not going to bust it down. They're not going to move Embiid. So that's where we stand right now. As far as Doc Rivers goes, he said after the uh, game that, uh, yeah, I expect the coach. I got two years left. He's reminding the Sixers. Uh, yeah, you want to fire me? Guess what? You got two years worth to pay me. So uh, I don't know if Josh Harris, uh, he's so occupied with uh, acquiring other teams. I don't know if he'll actually sit down and, and say, well, yeah, I got to fire Doc. I got a feeling that Doc Rivers is going to be back next year. So the people that want him gone, you're, I don't think going to get that either. Unless he says, you know what? He goes to management. He goes, I think we need a change in direction. You know, maybe I'm a little tired myself. So mutual decision. Uh, if you want to move on, that's good. I'm good with it. Uh, that's the only thing that happened with that. So that's basically the synopsis of what we saw today. Uh, Darren, uh, I know you can be, you can get very crude. You know, you throw the curse words out there. I know you got some curse words in you for today <laughs> watching that game. So go ahead, producer Darren. Producer Crew Darren, what do you got no, to say? No, I'm going to be very family friendly. My daughters are here. In, in the you just cursed five times, family friendly. I didn't say any f bombs or anything that bad. Uh, Mike, I, they just listen to me. This, this is what bothers me. This is what kills me. This is what kills Philadelphia. They did not. They should have come out these last two games with the energy of a thousand suns. They came out. Low energy, low T. You know, you're up late at night, you can't sleep. There's a million commercials for, for Nutrenix and low T, low testa. They got low T. They came out with no energy. They looked heartless tonight. They really did, Mike. No hard to tell me, well, it's only one year together tonight. Bullshit. That is bull. There you go. There I, you go. Curse number one. one. I'm now myself you've, once. You've, you've I'll tell said you the S word five times already. You had PJ Tucker. Trying to save their bacon in the first half, hitting hitting big shot three pointers when he doesn't have a three point in him, you know. So he stepped up, but I see the MVP, the MVP after the game telling me that him and Harden can't do it all themselves. Well, you and Harden combined for twenty four whole points, twenty four. That's less than half of what Tatum scored by himself. Don't give me your me and Harden got to do it all by ourselves. Come on, man. You're the MVP. You know, he looked like his season ended when he won that trophy. He cried. Everything came down for him. All, you know, all the glory. And then he, like, said, you know what? I think my season's over, Mike. 
because he has not played with any type of energy since he won that stinking trophy. It's really upsetting because everybody looks at him as, as the MVP, the leader of this team, the guy who's going to get in your face. You know, the one who walks with a little swagger. Uh, he, he, had listen, nothing, he played uh, nothing. He played with energy. He played with energy in game five. Uh, he kind of delivered that game for him, played an all, a well-rounded game, uh, and, and just didn't compete today. I mean, that's the thing. Like, he, guys go well, down hard. Two games he's, he's hurt. He's, he's banged up. But you got – like, he and Harden really showed no c- competition factor today in a game seven. And that, that's what the guts me more than anything. I, I just – like supposed star players who just don't compete when it's the most important time. I just don't understand that kind of thing. And and he didn't compete today. Now the Sixers no, competing the last two games, Mike. Six uh, the seven. Sixers shot eight for thirty-seven from the three-point line, and and the Celtics, meanwhile, were fifteen and thirty-three. And, and you know, see, that's the difference right there. You don't have. You don't have enough scores on this team right now that can combat what a, a good, really good defensive team is going to take away the other other guys, and um, it, it, it's a really it's a, it's a uh, inferior team collectively when you need the depth to get you by in a in a big series like this. They they just don't have it, and, and when the two main players aren't competing, you can't win. You just can't win, and like those guys aren't going to admit it because it, it it looks weak if they admit it that you know they're they're they were a failure, but they were an epic failure tonight, and they're gonna to have to live with that. Now, a guy like Embiid, I think, cares. A guy like Harden doesn't care. He doesn't get life goes on for a guy like James Harden. I need guys that are really going to lament the fact that they fail because the the only way that you can then compete is to acknowledge the failure and say it's not going to ever happen again. And and what did what did Embiid say after the game that makes you think that he, you know, right, listen, gonna Embiid feel that way. Is, is is not trying to put the the hair shirt on? Okay, so uh, it would like be nice he ripped if everybody but himself. He said him it, and Harden would, can't do it all. It would it would be nice if they both treated it differently. Right. They both aren't going to admit at that particular moment, or they weren't going to admit that they failed in this game. They, they, uh, and Bean has done it in the past. He has admitted failure. He wasn't about to do it in this game for whatever reason. Harden, I didn't expect to do it because he's never done it ever. I would like to have seen it from Embiid tonight. Uh, and I'll tell you another thing. Ten points in the third quarter. Ten points. And by the way, they scored four in the last minute. So with one minute left to go in the third quarter, they had scored six. Six points in a quarter in a game seven. I, I I've never seen anything like it in my life. Um, let's look at the plus minus numbers in this game. I know like the score was inflated, uh, but uh, Tobias Harris is a minus twenty one, and B was a minus twenty eight. Maxi was a minus thirty one, and Harden was a minus thirty. Their backcourt got destroyed defensively. But again, I go back to the I got it in my own eyes. Go, James Harden does not want to play tonight. And, and maybe he'll get mad at me, and maybe this will affect his decision going forward. But I got to try to win this game, and he's not going to win it for me today. And, and that's the, the ultimate mistake that I think Doc Rivers made. You cast your lot with Maxie as the feature guy with the ball in his hands, and you somehow try to squeeze some minutes out of uh, DeAnthony Melton where he's not going to hurt you. But, uh, but Harden it, it killed you. And and you gotta you gotta notice that as a coach, 
All right, that's going to be uh, uh, about all I have to say. We're going to have a couple podcasts uh, this week, obviously, and um, and look back at this season. But right now, it's an emotional time, and it's a, it's people. Listen, people in the Delaware Valley, uh, you gave them a chance to say, "I told you so," because all these people after they lost Game Six were saying, hey, "It's over." See, yeah, it's the same old thing. And you had a chance to to not have that happen had you been willing to compete in the cauldron of a game seven. And that's the most disappointing thing for me. The two stars were unwilling to compete. It it was embarrassing to watch those two stars being unwilling to compete. Uh, And, and, and fans are living and dying. Those guys, life goes on, man. I like, I get it. You're disappointed. You love life goes on for those guys. They're making $40 million. These fans that are living and dying every day are the ones that hurt the most after games like this. And I feel bad for the fans because their prophecy came true. You allowed this, this fan base to be Negadelphians again. And and you had a chance to reverse that. All right. Um, That's the Mike Missanelli post game podcast. Uh, we call it, uh, what do we call it, Darren? The reaction cast. Yeah, the reaction. I hate it's the word the reaction podcast. cast. And, Any and, time and I can get rid of the podcast, I'm, I'm getting that out. Thanks for staying with us tonight. A disappointing ending to the season. Celtics win 112-88, and it was a lot worse than that, if you can believe it. Jason Tatum with an all-world effort. I get it. 51 points, 13 rebounds. He shot 6 for 10 from 3. He made 11 of 14 from the free throw line. It's a great performance. It'll go down in the annals of great playoff performances just like he did last year. But the lingering effect of this is that your two stars checked out. And that's embarrassing. Uh, For producer Darren, I'm Mike Missanelli. Try to have... Uh, a great rest of the night and you're going to hurt for the next couple days. We'll be back at you with a fresh podcast on Tuesday. Everybody take care. It's Mike Missanelli uh, saying good night. Thanks for listening to the Mike Missanelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.